I am paralyzed. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is The Fern. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the completely flame-retardant USB-D, walking upside down, hammered as hell, great as night, Mr. Just Wendell. What's going on, sir? Man, not much. Big night for you, though. Huge. I'm having a You're little pretty... beverage celebrate. Are you, really? A little uh, Coke Zero. A little bourbon that Mr. one of our listeners gave to me this week. By the way, you know how they call it Diet Sprite, right? Yeah. Why not Sprite Light? You know what I'm saying? I think that would be perfect for those guys. Yeah. I might write in. What are you guys thinking? Sprite Light. It'd be perfect for you for for, uh, selling. Those things would be selling like hotcakes. Do you drink a lot of soda, Nick? I don't drink any soda. Me neither. Drinking a bubbly, though. Bubbly water today. Yeah, that stuff's great. I don't know if it counts as water, but it just does to me. I hope it does, you know. But I know it's a little bit. It's like a little of that taste, you know. What's your favorite taste? Doesn't matter. <laughs> what a boring thing to start off with. <laughs> Let's go somewhere else. How's the week been? I'd like to devote an entire episode to what my favorite taste is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. No, the week's good. It's fine, you know. Yeah. Just plugging out. That's, that's awesome to hear. Um you you've seen it. You've been watching any shows. You've been catching up with any movies or anything. Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, I, I watched Prince of Darkness recently. Never get tired of oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, I haven't even ca- caught up on Andor. I, I haven't seen much. Andor is amazing. And the Somebody great thing is, telling, this, no, someone's telling me that House of Dragons was pretty good. I haven't seen a, an episode. It's okay. It's it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's impatient. I mean, compared to compared to the last season of the original show, maybe not impatient, but it seems impatient to me. And that's not just the time mm-hmm. jump that they did. It just seems people are, are their emotions are coming out of their mouths quicker. Like usually, there's actions mm-hmm. that lead to consequences, and I see a lot of people that are they're kind of not waiting for things to build up. They're kind of letting them loose. So a lot of stuff has happened already in this first season, but it's good. It's prestige. And it was obvious that they knew that with the title being what it is and the fact that they don't have the star power necessarily, um, they put a lot of effort into the dragons, and the dragons are in it a lot, and they're great. So Let me ask you this, and I haven't seen I haven't seen the first episode yet, and I don't know much about it. The, the dragons live in houses. Yeah, yeah. They, there's a quaint community mm-hmm. where the dragons are out mowing the yard, you know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds awesome. Sneaking out in the middle of the night and trying it out. Things like fire that. breathers. Yeah. Is there a lot of fire breathing on that show? Good bit. Yeah, that's good. I mean, if you're going to have a show with dragons. Yeah. 
It's like mm-hmm. 60 minutes. I feel like I'm in the hot seat, man, getting the hard questions. I know. That's why I, I was trying to shoot stuff at you. I'm trying to think of what happened to me today. Anything interesting? Hmm. Not really. You um, went to a Boy Scout meeting. I did, yeah. My son's in Scouts, and he's went camping this past weekend. He's, he's, he's into it a little bit. Not... I don't know. He's back and forth. I think he likes being with his friends. What's it like having John Jarrett as the scoutmaster? I tell you what, I was watching, uh, my kids are kind of interested in anime, and I heard a good, and I know your daughter likes it, and I had I had heard good things about this popular anime called My Hero Academia. I my think that's what it's called. used to do that one. She outgrew it, but yeah. So we, I was watching with my kids. It got a little too sexual. I had to exnay it. A little, little too, a little too, <laughs> a little too sexy, and violent. But I don't think my kids were quite ready for it yet. It, this month is sort of a golden month for me, though, because some of the things that are coming out within mm. a, the span of three weeks just hits all my happy spots. It's a lot okay. of. We got. I mean, Andor. I'm I'm, del- I'm delighted with what Andor mm. is. I know that that Werewolf by Night thing comes out on Friday, and I'm a huge Werewolf by Night fan. Does I've it heard, really? I've heard it's great. And I like the actress in, in it. Man Thing? Man Thing's in it. Yeah, but I like the actress they have in it. Man from, Thing? Um, what's her name? I don't even know her name. She's an outlander, but she's also in the uh, that Joss Whedon show that was had like pretty good run of episodes, then they halted it, Is that fired the him. From, the girl from Ford vs. Ferrari? Is that who you're talking about? Mm-mm. But Man Thing. I'll get her, I'll get her name. There's, uh, you know, I got the PGA Golf game coming out, which I'm dying for, and... Two wow. books that I've been waiting for for a long time come out, and it's just a great time, man. It's I'm excited. Laura Donnelly, don't know her, and uh, Gail Garcia Bernal's in there yeah. as well. Little man, mm-hmm. it's tiny. Who we just saw kill it in old. He did. He got old and he died. He died on the beach. Died of old age. Right. He started not knowing what Tuesday was, and all of a sudden he was dead. Right. And then um, I mean, but. There's a bigger thing at play this month. October. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's October, Justin. Happy October, Nick. Why don't you explain to the listeners what exactly is October? October is a celebration of one of uh, a movie microscope legend, one of our finest, almost good enough to deserve a whole month of uh, episodes. Tobin Bell. Actor extraordinaire, sex symbol, franchise steerer. Just a monster. Genre king. Genre king, Tobin Bell. Right. Now, before we get down to business, I got two things. One, someone suggested on Twitter, I can't remember who, that... We kill ourselves. Donald Sutherland, of course, is the low-energy king, as you dubbed him. But maybe Lauren Dean would be the no-energy king, <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. And two, I was going to say something else. What was the other thing I was going to say? Is it about Tobin Bell? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I don't want the listeners to get upset, but we're going to interrupt October in the last week of the month because, goddamn, we're coming up in 200. We're hitting 200, and that means what? It means we're going to have a special episode. You know, we're going to see a Jason Patrick film, but we're also going to do a mm-hmm. special episode where we, where we invite some of our great friends out there to chat us up and say some stuff and do some things and probably request things we'll forget to do. And uh, right around that same time, we'll be sending out batch two of the Movie Microscope stickers. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to send some stickers out tomorrow, and I know you're doing it as well. Mm-hmm. We got our Low Energy King stickers that we're sending out to 
uh, our fans that have requested them, our listeners. However, you actually created a new sticker. I did. <laughs> I did. You outdid yourself, sir. I yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one to see how at what shape it takes out there in the wild. I hope I hope people that get these stickers take pictures of them uh, in the wild wherever they put mm-hmm. them in their homes on their sure. kid. You know, at a on their skateboards at church. Maybe? You know, wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tag, you know, tag the show because I think that's uh, there are people that criticize our lack of ambition in promoting ourselves. So maybe uh-huh. somebody out there could give us a little alley oop. Look, there's a lot of podcasts out there that they promote the hell out of themselves. They do a good job, and you know, those guys can do it. You know, we're on, we're on a whole different vibe over here, man. I'm glad Anderson Cooper is getting one, is doing one because is he doing one? Yeah, and he's getting he's dipping his toe, huh? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I feel like at this point we're kind of, you know, would be mentors and anybody that's kind of maybe wanted to get some advice from us on starting a podcast or, you know, continuing one, I think they could pelt us with some questions. I'd be happy to steer them in the right direction. Nick, how about yourself? Do you feel like you're a little bit of an expert at this point? I mean, if they want a show that slaps, they should ring us up. You imagine? Like, we should charge for our services. You guys want advice? Come to us, you know, and then charge for the service. And then they'd be like, well, what What exactly is your is your guys' pedigree? What is, well, don't worry about that. Yeah. We have, we've recorded for a long time, but, and then don't look at our stats, please. But, yeah, we can give you some advice. And don't look at the information we've provided over these years. Don't listen to the show. Yeah. Please. I'm begging you, but we can definitely help show you which way the mic should be facing, for example. Right. That's one thing. Which we Some people fa- don't know that. Which we failed at on multiple We occasions. figured it out. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> we got there eventually. Yeah. Turns out the uh, the curved end with the hair on it is the, is the one you're talking to. <laughs> anyway, so this, uh, this, uh, this month is, uh, of October, it's the... It's the witching month, right? Let's be honest. This Halloween's at the ass end of this month. Luckily for us, Tobin Bell is in plenty of scary films. Are we going to be doing any of those? God, I hope not. You want to keep it? You want to just bob and weave and well, dodge I mean, those, huh? I, I don't want to pigeonhole the man. I think the problem that Tobin Bell has faced is that people think he's just a horror icon. Yeah. And, and I say nay to that. He is a I drama a lifestyle, icon. A lifestyle icon. Thriller icon. Uh, he's an icon on my desktop right now. I mean, there's a lot of things that guy can do. Let's uh, see. We I don't know much about him. I'm going to hit Wikipedia on him. Born in uh, 1942, currently 80 years old. Jesus Christ. Educated at Boston University. Uh, known for being Jigsaw. Oh, really? Jaw, uh, oh. Has two kids. Oh, my God. He's got kids. Mm-hmm. Tobin made it, huh? Born in New York, Queens, New York. Let me see here. Worked at the New York Botanical Gardens. Scared everybody that came over there it's weird um, that a his, king came from queens there you know like he cre- he credits hearing a seminar by hume cronin and jessica tandy at boston university with inspiring him to go into to tantric sex and act <laughs> during the yeah look at this man he he's got quite a um history in acting that prepared him for his role of jigsaw the dying cancer uh, serial killer. Dying from cancer serial killer. Jigsaw. His two, son, two sons. Recently divorced. Oh, no. Coached. When not acting, he coaches a Little League baseball team in flag football. Yeah, I think I talked about that on the old show at one point. He likes to play guitar. 
Look, uh, he's, he's a, a normal. He's a normal dude. Yeah, I mean, he's a sweetheart. He's worn a sweater before. You know, it's Tobin. Uh, insurrectionist here. It says that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, the funny thing is, I mean, if you remember the joke on the old show, is that? Oh, I remember. I mean, I accused you. I'm going to violate my own rule this month. So you you praised him, and I challenged you to name a film of his outside of the Saw franchise. You couldn't. So I said, then how could? I said something like, how could you be quite a fan? And you go, that's how I, that's how I remain a fan by not seeing any of his work. I like the concept of Tobin Bell. I like the concept of Tobin Bell. Um, That was probably 15 years ago, if not 20. It might not be that old, actually. It's pretty freaking old. God, is it that old? Were we that young? We did that. We started doing it in 2005. So. Yeah. So that's. A long time. Well, then it can't be. It can't. It would. That had to be like at least five years into our run. I doubt it. Regardless, it, you know, it's an exciting time. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get in there, work it around a little bit, praise a gentleman, and uh, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, a real gentleman. We we were really. I mean, before we get into the you know the meat of this thing, Jason Patrick was almost the star of this movie. I know what a coincidence. And now, if I we mean, if if we had gotten to that stage, now granted, nobody would have seen the firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you imagine? Because we were really banking on the fact that these two stalwarts would have somehow crossed paths over the years. To have Jason Patrick and Tobin Bell in a movie together, I mean, I don't have any power Perfect. left in Hollywood. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a few things that may actually, you know, who knows? But can you imagine getting well, that eighty-year-old piece of shit hooked up with Jason P? What? world would be living would we be living in right now if Jason Patrick had starred in the firm like it would be a different world right things all these pieces that have happened would just just forget those and it's just a whole new reality you know I mean let's get into it though right it's a movie right. microscope folks the show we zoom in put a helicopter in the corner till it behaves we wear a rugby shirt at dinner shit steam <sighs> we stand up too fast and puke on ourselves get all misty eyed at the charnel house we're a gator not that kind. Rummage through the baby basket. Punch a monk in the jaw. Think about yesterday while whipping it out. We take a dungeon to the prom. Watch a movie through a set of sick-ass, milky-ass eyes. Straining to see through the scrim of disgust that pours through us. Weak-ass, shitty eyes. Dreaming about better times while watching a movie. Seeing what makes a break. Sharing with the likes of you. Talking about Drop Dead Fred. Talk about the scene where Phoebe Cates comes out of the pool all glistening and shiny and hot, breasts bouncing, audience salivating, water cascading off every curve she owns while a child drowns at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> Talk about the little moments. There's a ton in today's movie. So I'll drop dead th- uh, Fred in the theater. Don't remember that scene. I did not see drop dead Fred in the theater. Rick Mayhall in this. Yep. As the star of that movie, R.I.P. Love that guy. Seen the young ones? Of course, he was great on the young what ones. What did he? How? What did he die young? Uh, he died, uh, I think, unexpectedly, maybe around fifty. Uh, he was really funny, dude. He was also an American werewolf in, in London. He had a brief um, bit in that. He was in the in the bar and the you know the restaurant of the bar and the moors. The slaughtered lamb. The pub. The pub. Yep, slaughtered lamb. Well, he's dead. R.I.P. The firm, man. Yeah, this is we're a, doing it. This is the that movie based on the Josh uh, Lucas series. The height of John Grisham's uh, power as a novelist. This movie took uh, the literary world by storm, I guess. As a popular, that's not literary, but 
uh, what would you call it? Beach reads. Yeah, he was he popular was, novels. Yeah, he was an institution there for a stretch. He was. And did this I, at I, time. I, I love these books. You I love had a lot them. of fun so, with them. I read The Firm, I remember, at Time to Kill. I don't know if I read that one, but he did The Client, right? Chamber, what were some of... he did uh, Runaway Jury. Mm-hmm. Runaway Jury. He did a lot. Hackman was in a bunch of his films. Yes, he He's was. in like three of them. Yeah. Always playing a hero. Oh, no? Hackman gives a pretty great performance in this, actually. Hackman gives a great performance always. Always. Hard to work with, apparently, but man, what worth it to be, for him to be in films. Still out there, not in movies anymore, but down in Florida somewhere. Making, turning, making kids' books, right? One a million years old. I miss him. Looks Probably looks the same. No, I've I seen imagine. a recent photo of him. He still looks delightful, but he's definitely he's a, uh, a, withered, a withered being. There's an incredible shot of him and Cruz, and I think it's at least really him, uh, snorkeling. And his hair is out of control under the water. It looks insane. Did you see this? Of course. <laughs> That's how you know it's really him, because the water is reacting to his hair in a very strange way. That's really Hackman under there. He got in the wetsuit. Was it a wetsuit, or was it uh, Oh yeah, baby. swim gear? Okay. I don't know what it was. I don't think he was in a swimsuit. I think they were in more... I don't think they were in full-on wetsuits. Maybe. I think they did. they did have, like, maybe, like... Partial wetsuits on. I can't zoom in this hard, this early. Anyway, once you, what, what, what do you know about this film? What, what, where were you when? Were you excited about it? Very read much the book? so. Very much so. Yes, read yeah. the book. If I'm not mistaken, this is one of those situations where the book's movie rights were sold before the book even hit stands. I'm sure. And it had that pre-release hype. And I, don't, I think this, I think Time to Kill may have come out before this. Uh, it didn't become successful till after. But this was the, this was the sort of watershed book for him. And yeah, I was this very. Is the, this is, has to be the first movie. That, this was, has to be the first. But if I remember right, there were there was there was a handful of them in development at the same time. Oh, you're talking about the the time to kill came out before the firm book wise. Book wise, yeah, the movie came yeah, out yeah. considerably after. Um, mm-hmm. But I was all in because you know when I was a, I'm not I don't read literature typically. I read junky stuff, you know. And, and Stephen King was always my north star, but John Grisham. Like Scott Toro was was my kind of gateway to the legal thriller, and I was Scott hungry, Turo. hungry as hell for them. And then the firm kind of I read everything Grisham did until he started doing nonfiction, so mm-hmm. I was all over it and very rabid about the movie. Got as much info as I possibly could and was there opening weekend, big time. And I came Saw out of it exhilarated, well. exhilarated. Yeah, it was good. It's a good. It's a great blockbuster. Huge hit, by the way. It's a, it's one of the films where Tom Cruise gets to have a brother named Ray. Second. It's one of his. One of two, yeah. Was there more? Rain Man. Was there, I mean, was there another one? Was there a third? Is there a trilogy? Yeah. He, he yeah. should do a. Ray Mitchell was the maverick. Uh, he was the, yeah. This movie is, is, is unusual in that Tom Cruise obviously doesn't do any stunts in it. That is so funny. I was going to, I was thinking the same thing. He does a lot of his own running though, and he got he got famous for the way he runs, and it's very apparent in this. He's very like there's a part where he's a scene where he's chasing his wife who's running down the street, and she is, you know, running like a normal person, and Cruz acts like he's auditioning for, you know, the Flash. Right. So, and he can't, and he's behind her. He's not really catching up with her. And for then a he does. She, well, they make her get tired. But mm-hmm. later on, he is running his living ass off 
I mean, the last third of this movie is basically him running. It and is. It's great. And Tobin running. And Tobin <laughs> has quite a fun run in this. He does. He's got a good long gait. I didn't realize Tobin was a lengthy man. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice of him to but let Cruz into his movie. Uh, but, yeah, his long his legs are pap- papping out. He's always too, has too many clothes on. I couldn't agree more with you. He is <laughs> heavily clothed in this film. At one point, wearing a festive sweater, which I was like, his character is supposed to be like a killer, a cold-blooded killer, and a strange-looking person. And he shows up in a Christmas sweater at one point it with looks, a gray turtleneck underneath. It looks like he got beat out for the role in I Come in Peace and just yeah. kept the look. In this. You think he looks like a less attractive Rutger? Is no, what you're no, saying? Matthias Hughes, the guy who played the villain in, in, in I Come mm. Be Dark Angel, whatever you want to call it. Because he had a tall guy with that long-ass white scare hair. <laughs> now, Tobin definitely has scare hair in this. Why don't we go through the, the cast list real That'll quick. take two hours. <laughs> Everybody is in this movie. Well, let's Some try. highlights, please. I'll go, okay, let's go. We'll go back and forth. Uh, David Strathairn. Uh, Jean Triplehorn. You know I like her. By the way, Margot Always. Martindale. Can't believe it. Dean Norris. Unbelievable. From Breaking Bad. You got the illustrious Tobin Bell. You got Gary Busey in here. You got the legendary Wilford Brimley. Ed Harris shows up. Paul Sorvino. Hal Holbrook walking around in scenes. Karina Lombard looking out for it. That's right. Is she basically just known for this film? No, she's more known for Wide Sargasso Sea, I think. Yeah, it was that and this, right? And that we've she, talked about she her was before. On a TV she, series for quite some time as well. Come on, she was. now. What? What? Keep going, man. We got to pound pound through these names. You got uh, Holly Hunter. You got in this? John Beale getting ready to run out the string of the mortal life. Famous vaudeville you, actor and old timey actor, or whatever. Did you mention Willie B? Yep. I love him so much. You mean the gorilla from the Georgia Zoo? No. You got Jerry Weintraub in this. You sure do. You got Terrence Kinney walking under this. <laughs> Terry Kinney in here. Of course you have. We mentioned Gene Hackman. A lover. He's in here. A true lover. I don't think we mentioned Tom Cruise in this. He's in here. Barbara Garrick in here. I'm just looking at <laughs> Joe Vitarelli walking into this movie for a bit. <laughs> Karina Lombard. Let's see. She plays young woman on the and beach. And the guy from the cruises. X-Files, Jerry something or other in this as well. I don't know him. Um, she's still working, Karina Lombard. And she's from uh, Tahiti. And her mom's a damn, a damn Native American. She's in Rescue Me. New Pre Lightfoot is her mom's name. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, wow. Legends of the Fall. Like, she was... Her character in this, man, like, Cruz is yeah. very awestruck by her beauty. Paul Calderon in this, by the way. He is. He, he once it was he's in uh was gonna be Jules in Pulp Fiction, I believe, and then wasn't. Uh, he doesn't he regret was. it though, I mean if you ask him. Anyway, so that's the list. Wow, a cast of literally a cast and of thousands. And it's directed by Steve ma- Sidney Pollock, who is such a great mm-hmm. filmmaker. Such a he, great he, per- he worked actor. wonders with this one. I mean the, the the big misstep in this film, and it's I think it's a fun film, and I like to watch it. The soundtrack is insane. It is so bad, and it is aged so poorly. The funny thing I don't is, know, The Rainmaker, yeah. which is another adaptation by Francis Ford Coppola, a very underappreciated, great movie. 
With Matt also, Damon, right? Yeah, also has a very peppy, jazzy musical store, score that's fantastic. So it's just Dave Grusin who is just overdoing it in this one. It, it can work in these kind of movies. Yeah. It just doesn't work in this one. It's, it's so in your face. It's what? Yeah, and it it's zoopy. Okay, that's... I'm trying to think of one word to sum it up. It is... It is uh, and it is blaring in this. Kind of underscores the tension, or the, uh, undercuts the tension, I think, a little bit. Uh, but the performances are good. Uh, you it's know, like I know a dad said- fart at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I know you had a little bit, let's, before we get into it, you kind of mentioned that you don't love Cruise in this film. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Mm-hmm. And he plays a, sort of an unlikable character in this in, in a lot of respects. He, that was his bread and butter back then. He played a little bit of unlikable characters that by the end redeemed themselves. I mean, he kind of does that all the time, probably still even. I just I just feel that, you know, I know the character is eager. Uh-huh. It just seems like he is a absolute pushover in a lot of respects in this. And when he finds his medal late in the film, I just it just didn't didn't work for me, but he's so good normally and and you know, just having him in this movie, there's a there's a level of class to it but yeah i just felt like watching it it's amazing how we forget how good he's gotten mm-hmm. and I actually think back then he he looked so plain like he was always obviously america's sexiest face or whatever but i think that the years have and and the way that his body has become it just seems like he's he found himself after this i think the guy that sing it okay. sing it man the way his body has become sing it brother let me hear this I'm I'm feeling it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. What were you? You're waxing poetic. I'm just buying him more physicality-wise now than I did then. The way his body's become. Yeah, we I share. Think you know, good... we share a birthday. Tom and I. Right. He's a little bit older than you. Ten years to the day. <sighs> just turned sixty. This man. He did. But look, man, he's doing it. He he does. Age is but a word to to Tom Cruise. He doesn't give a flying fuck, and I underscore flying because that's what he loves to do. But in this one, like you said, he's a little bit afraid of the stunts. Let's just get it out there. He's nervous, doesn't want to fall from a window into a bunch of pads. He'll have the stunt guy do it. He's back kicking, uh, eating tackies. What are those chips that haven't been created yet when this movie was? So he's he's not yet into action mode in real life. That's not the, the scene that where it's glaring, though. The scene where it's glaring is early on. Mm-hmm. They're in uh, Memphis walking down Beale Street, and a kid does these somersaults, these flips. Yeah. And, and Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise. And he starts it. He starts it and finishes it, but it's mm-hmm. one of those obvious. I, I just can't. They always cut. You, you, it's almost like you, you feel the cut coming, knowing mm-hmm. knowing it's about to happen. And anybody who's anybody loses a little bit of. Uh, they take, get taken out of the movie a little bit there. And it certainly happened to me because I'm a freaking diehard Tom Cruise fan. I still lost a little bit of sad there. I know we're used to him being just such a daredevil. The American version of Jackie Chan at this point, I'd say. And in this movie, he tapped out. He timed out. He's letting the stunt crew take over while he's eating tackies <laughs> in his in his in his Winnebago. What do they have? What are those things called on the set? Star Wagon? The, the campers, the yeah. trailers. Anyway, let's get to the movie, Nick. Now it my, my off. son is a huge fan of that shit and I think he calls them Takis. So yeah, gonna... I don't know what they're called. I see them in the store all the time. I've had them a couple of times. They're like rolled up chip. They're they're a nightmare to, to taste like, and to look at. You were asking me earlier about my favorite taste. Popular, not on the list. Yeah. 
Anyway, you're about. I was to go thinking to- today. By the way, I was thinking today. You know, I was thinking of Danny DeVito, right? And Ryan's Rainmaker. a Dorito, right? Danny DeVito, if he's a Dorito, then would Wolfram Brimley be like a Cool Ranch DeVito? Because they kind of have the same vibe going on, you know. Right. Like, you know, what I'm saying they kind of have the same squat, small but powerful and great acting. I know it went nowhere, but well, I did I, think I like that the, earlier. Well, I like how DeVito and Dorito, it's a play on his name, and then you just abandon mm-hmm. that for Wilford Brimley. I got to bring him in somehow, so I call him the Cool Ranch DeVito. Is that, was that his nickname? Am I, I'm not making this up, right? I mean, I've heard this. The Cool Ranch DeVito, he's known <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, I'm making myself laugh at my own joke that makes no sense. Like, that's... We're nearing 200. Does that make Kevin Spacey a flaming hot Cheeto? <laughs> Just saying. What other flavors of Doritos are there? I mean, Cool Ranch is my, by far maybe my favorite chip, I will say. Yeah, but I'll tell you, you were talking about that term uh, an episode ago, and I think it's called um, shrinkflation. Yeah, shrinkage, shrinkflation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I couldn't come up with a term for it, but yeah. I, I can't imagine the people over at Frito-Lay or whoever owns that shit. Who made the decision to skimp on the, the flavoring on Doritos? The Cool Ranch Doritos don't have the powerhouse they used to have on them. You know, they did that. We talked about it on the show before. They did this special Cool Ranch Dorito during the pandemic that was extra schmutz or whatever they put right. on it, extra seasoning. And they and I was like, this is the way Cool Ranch should just be all the time. And Absolutely. then they, it was gone in, well, in a couple months. I, 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 I've always wanted to be able to buy just the topping, just a big bag of that powder. It's perfect. It's, I would make barbecue it's a, it's a, ribs with it. What a great it. chip! I would do everything what on a earth great with chip. It. You know how people, Can you imagine? You don't need to do much with it. Like I, I think, do you think people do things like put in recipes or like absolutely they crunch it up? Well, there are no. So I have a friend as a chef. Dip it in something, and yeah. they do that molecular stuff where they'll use a um, what do they call it? Uh, nitri- liquid nitrogen, and they'll and they'll destroy mm. something and and use that essence. Or my buddy oh, Jay, yeah. Jamie owns a popcorn place, and that's what they do, but. So, yeah, there was this whole cult of people who would do cooking with that stuff. I know cornflakes is something a lot of people do fried chicken with and stuff like that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. man, Cool Ranch, uh, yeah, of course, you have to. I, I Whenever I see – you go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. I do this. Whenever I see a cocktail or a food item that's been embellished with a snack. Sure. Like I love jalapeno jelly beans in a, in a, in a cocktail. It just completely sure, turns my crank. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Cool Ranch, put it on everything. Now, are you – see, and this is probably gross to a lot of our listeners – I don't eat the chips. I just lick the chips and then throw them back into the trash. You serious? This, yeah. is, this isn't a joke? I, eat, I just lick the chips and throw them away. Yeah. You don't chew them? I don't eat, the, chi- I don't eat the tortilla. Them? I don't eat them. Is this a joke? No, I'm telling you the 100%. Well, it's a probably a good diet thing, but it sounds worrisome, actually. It sounds like I don't head need casey. the chip. The chip doesn't do dick. You lick it clean, or do you it's, just kind of get halfway and throw it? It depends. You toss a chip. Before, it's, it's this sort just of sounds like, nightmarish. It's, I'm sort of like it's sort of like when you, a shark will their eyes will roll back and then the next thing you know an entire family is decimated. Patrick Bateman type reveal here. I, I said the listeners weird. might lose a little for me here, and I'm willing to go on that ledge because Fair enough. I'll look. I just let, I love that you're using this as a confession, and you feel it's a safe space. And you know what? It My is. reaction was was on was bad. I'm no, sorry. No, I don't I, care. I, I, ain't no I ain't no fucking snowflake. Speaking of cornflakes, in shrinkflation, you heard the. You also gotta watch out for you buy cornflakes and you open them up at home. You're pouring out nothing. Corn corn fakes. You've heard about this? Well, what about corn rattlesnakes? You can, if you open up one of those, you hear that hissing sound. Let's just clap it out. Let's just get it out of here. Let's just edit. I'm the edit. That's not. And now I'm just it. thinking about my my Pringles can from the from the '80s. <laughs> so we got to get away from. Oh, that. I know. 
so Tom Cruise the movie kicks off with Tom Cruise playing B ball, my man. B ball. A few good men. Sweating it out. Did it remind He's you of a few feel, good men? Does it did he play B ball in there? I can't remember. He played baseball in that, the good B ball. No. I do remember that. He played basketball in this. And um, this, you, you get uh, kind of a montage of him fielding offers from, he's a law student, he's fielding, off, fielding offers from uh, law firms, right? And they really want him, and he's going from one meeting to the next, and it's interspersed with him playing basketball, him, he's working at a, a restaurant as a server, you know, he's making ends meet as he's getting these outrageous offers because he's an amazing law law student with much potential. And, it cut uh, the scene out of the montage where he stands on a seven foot tall person's shoulders to touch the net. So he's highly, highly sought after, and um, he then finally gets a, in in the room of, of the office that he's of the firm he's going to actually work for, that that the the firm of the title right, and mm-hmm. it's Bendini, Lambert, and Locke, mm-hmm. and he gets in the room, and these guys are different. It's a little different, a little nicer maybe than the other interviews he's been in, and they instead of asking him, you know, about they ask him about his wife. Right, they kind of change it up. They ask him, uh, no, when he gets tongue tied, he says something about when he gets tongue tied, and and Cruz goes into the speech, or I'm sorry, Mitch McDear, that's the main character here, goes into the speech. He gets tongue tied when he sees he first saw his wife when he argues with his wife when she walks in a room, and this impresses these idiots. <laughs> these idiots. <laughs> and then he then he says his father was killed in the coal mine. You find a little bit about Mitch here, right? And they say that they're gonna make they're gonna make him an offer, and they pass him an envelope. But he's like, should I open it? And he's like, if you're a good enough lawyer, you wouldn't even have to open it. You you would you you'd be able to get the answer from us basically. So he starts to interrogate them. Seems a little too out. cute for my liking. The whole beginning is a little too cute, and I don't love how it starts because what they super do is telegraph that Cruz is poor, and his you know they're married, him and his wife. They're su- they're super poor, and this awestruck by like they they're in a limo at one point. They don't know what to do. It just everything is. This is a huge deal for them. But Cruz is, you know, work. He has to work, uh, work in a restaurant. They really are coming from like no money to money. But they they show so many examples of it. It gets a little tiresome. Well, and the thing is, his version of poor is still a pretty admirable mm-hmm. station in life compared to so many. It is, but yeah, he went to one of the things that Harvard. drives his character though is he does come from a background of, of, of poverty, and he's ashamed of it. And he lies about it. He's ashamed of his mom who lives in a trailer. His brother's in prison. You know, he the one of the first things you see him do in this movie is he covers up his family. He doesn't. The, the lawyers ask about it. You know, and he doesn't tell the truth. He's ashamed of them, or he thinks that it'll reflect poorly on him, or both. And his wife uh, drives a car, which I love, even though it's beat up. What is they it? Got a RX-7 Sup- or they got a Toyota Supra. Supra. Back in the good days, I mean, not a cheap car. Back then, and I can speed car, up, but it's a car with eyelids. Yeah, that was a great one of those bad. That was boys. a great, yeah. that was a great era for those. The Supra, it's a great car to say. They brought it back. They brought it back. Did Zoom they? in. Wow, it's a beautiful machine. What do you think Brimley drove? What do you think? You think he drove a truck? The women mad. 
recently passed away. Did he pass away during COVID? He fucking did, man. I love. I have to say, I loved him. He's one of a kind, and he's incredible. Absolutely, and he's good in this. He is amazing in, in this. this. Quotable as shit. A convincing baddie somehow, but you love him. And when and when a Tom Cruise guy. is kicking him in his belly, prone on the ground, I was Team Brimley. I felt bad. I felt bad for him. He had four kids out there, by the way. Yeah, I mean, um, legend. He was. We've already done one at one movie with him in it. Do you remember? I'll give you a I hint. D- yeah, Hard Target. Hell yeah. I was going to say, Brimley I'll give you a horseback. hint. Perfect movie. Um, horseback with bow and arrow, yeah. And the and the and the sad thing is, there is a whole chunk of the populace that when you say Wolf of Brimley, they'll just go diabetes. That's all they'll do. I know, I know. But and he is he, so much more. Do you, do you think he was Shakespearean trained? Was he traipsing in the boards? Like I gotta know about his stage work. Was he on stage? Uh, no. Was he Hamlet? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Can you picture this? He was. He put. He was definitely loving some ham. But no, no, he was not. He's not that kind of Mercutio? dude. Mercutio? Was he in there? No. You know what I'm saying? Prosciutto, maybe. Prosciutto, but, but, but not. He, he, he is, no, he's a blue-collar guy, you know? Iago, was he a, just give me one. Iberi- Brimley- Iber- Iberico? Did you say? <laughs> oh, my God. Brimley Shakespeare. Wilford, I'm going to put Wilford Brimley Shakespeare, yeah, and the and the trivia is yes, dead. Arkansas just like Shakespeare, Shakespeare Theater. <laughs> oh, was he in? Was he in a shape? I just got to know. Can you imagine seeing him just rolling around as Othello somewhere? I hope not. I want I want him grunting and doing God's work. He's great. He doesn't show up till twelve minutes thirty one seconds into this beast. Zoom in. Oh my God. <laughs> Timestamp zoom. Yeah. That's a been a while uh triple horn is uh, mr cruz's wife mm-hmm. in the sporting abigail the most catastrophic hairstyle in the first scene of this movie Listen, catastrophic her hairstyle her hair is unquestionably 90s however no no it gets better but in the first scene where he surprises mm-hmm. her with a, a dinner from uh what is it called they mentioned this restaurant like three times in the movie what's it called it's a chinese it's, they get chinese it's got, but right? it's a it's a it's an erotic name um, where is it? Where is it? I wrote it down. It's a, it's an erotic ass name. Long boys. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Spacey. Long boys. I did not hear this. He said, I got us long boys tonight. Did he actually Se- say Szechuan that? Szechuan beef for long boys is their, is their mutual dish. So when he gets this offer and he doesn't even open the envelope, that's another cute scene that he has with Gene. He shows she up the house it. and, and, mm-hmm. and she is sporting the most catastrophic hair. Just. Yeah, well, she's been at work. She's a teacher, and she surprised her. He cannot wait to nuzzle nuzzle down. He just wants to be on her and in her all the time. Tom Cruise is horny for his wife in this movie. Until he's not. Um, well, then he makes a huge mistake. But these people are very much in love, and they're very much united. That's the thing, is that he is a very... Um, this is a this is a success that they both are sharing. This is a goal they've been both but working towards. But she's got some pretty good firm dar, you know, because... She, she she's skeptical right out the gate. Sorry, so, my cat. Just, oh my god, my cat just gave me the biggest love attack. I just gotta tell you that this is a huge zoom too. Did you know that Sidney Pollock, he almost left the picture. No, he wanted to call the movie The Frim, <laughs> and he said he was gonna walk. And Cruz talked him out of it, and he said, "Well, the reason, you know, The Firm is like you know they, we refer to The Firm in the movie as The Firm." 
and they're kind of the entity and the book's the firm but pollock wanted to call it the firm he was willing to walk and i kind of wish he would have got his way tom cruise was willing to let his stunt double walk <laughs> they have a dog oh i got i got notes on this dog this dog sucks. the dog <laughs> this dog may have the least personality of any movie dog i've ever are you seen. talking about hearsay is that the dog's name? It's the dog's name not mentioned in the film, He's, but that's the dog's name. So they named it after, um, uh, it's like a lawyer uh, term, I guess. It's a very cute thing. No wonder they don't name it in the film. What a nightmare name. But the dog is this big, what kind of dog is it? Let's no zoom in. In the firm. Fucking nerds in their garage work their dicks off, and now you're using their, their results to do this search. Oh my god. So I type of dog in the firm, and I, I press enter, and a big picture of Tobin Bell. <laughs> fills my screen that's not cool did i ever tell you when i was one of the first i I probably have said this on the show before but when i was like in seventh grade or sixth grade i took a summer class at the university of illinois i think or at least we went there but it was like yeah it was and it was about like you know ancient history or something i learned about crete for example and we were walking around campus and one of my classmates nobody has said the word crete with such stink on it like you just did. One of my classmates. Fucked yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, w- looked at this girl walking her dog on the street, and he nudged me as she walked by and said, which one's the dog? That's what he said. I never <laughs> forgot it. Needlessly cruel. I thought at the time, also quite a zinger. And, and, it, and it's one of those things that was early enough where I, I think about it, like, monthly. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder which one's the dog. It's not even cool, man. Anyway, the type of dog in this film is a is a briard or a burger debris. So let's say let's call it a briard dog. It's a large shepherd dog known for having zero personality. This dog sucks. There's a scene. And Cruz later. doesn't even seem like he wants to touch it. Ever. Yeah, usually the dog is there so that you could you could fall in love with the characters because of how much attraction they have for their pet. I don't think any of the characters pet this dog. <laughs> What, there's a scene late in the movie where um, the house has been ransacked, and Cruz mm-hmm. is going through it, and Gene has left him at that point, and she mm-hmm. comes back to see him. The first, I think the first thing that appears is, is that fucking dog. Because I was thinking, I actually had a note that said, please tell me the dog is unaccounted for. Because I love the idea of them saying, fuck the dog so hard that it just disappears from the movie. But damn it, she kept it. But once again, she kept it at arm's length. You're totally Are you sure right. The dog's- you sure the dog's name was uh, wasn't Say, and you just kept they, hearsay? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what if did they have to go hear hearsay? Nobody says here to their dog. Here, nobody says here. They don't. No, they say. You guess they don't. That's like a movie thing, right? They just say their name real loud. Like my dog today, I was like, "Mist, get in here!" Cause she'd bark at the neighbors for two hours. I just finished a seven day stretch of, of grunting at my dogs in the middle of the night, hating my life. So I'm, I'm past it. Cruz eats ribs in this. He eats them ugly. There's a shot of him he eating does. them in a. Cruz probably won't watch this movie because of how bad he looks eating them ribs. By the way, that's a skeleton's favorite snack. Ribs. Mm. I, um, I know what their favorite movie is. What? Marrow margin. Gene Ackerman. <laughs> Two people at the Begin. firm have gotten destroyed early on in this movie. I know, man. Do you remember their names? Of course. It's foreshadowing, right? Because mm-hmm. one of his name is Kaczynski. Yep. And who does Tom Cruise 
work his dick off with right now. The oh my God, of Joseph Oblivion Joseph and Kaczynski, yeah. what a huge zoom. You're totally right. Oh my God. I like when they say none of these characters. So these four, four lawyers have died in this firm uh, accidentally. And at one point, Cruz is looking at the, the, their portraits and somebody has told him nobody... None of them even made it to the age of 45. They show the portraits. <laughs> Every single one fuck. of those characters have to be in their 60s. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, some of them in their 50s. But, man. But if you look, all the portraits at the bottom, instead of the name, it says Dorian Gray. So you're fine. Fair enough, yeah. yeah they look, ribs, it he, makes me feel good about how I look at 50 because those people are ravaged by the elements. Big time. I know, man. So they... They eat ribs. They're, they, so this after he gets the job, he's he's they go to this. Where do they? Where does he gets job in Memphis? And so they're on the Memphis like boardwalk or something, it's right? That's when he Beale flips Street, with the kids. Man. It's Beale Street. Beale Street. That's but a great spot. Walking in Memphis, and right? Food, yeah. Yeah. So they go to Beale Street and they and he flips with the kid, like you said. They do like a bunch of forward flips and um, uh, that really paints ribs. a picture for the listeners. They were wondering which direction they were. Well, he didn't do backflips. Well, I know, and you just you basically took all question out of it. They do front flips. Yeah, that's that's. And then eighteen and then, seconds uh, they lost. Terry Kinney and his wife are there. They were on a double date. Does the wife and have the, the wife, most thankless role in this movie? She gets to cry at one point, but she She's says the, exposition. That's all she is, a device. She says the words babies. She says babies because I guess she's southern. Memphis is considered the South. Yeah. Yeah, but she says babies. A dangerous the firm, town, by the way. Very dangerous town. Says the firm encourages children. Which Janine, Janine Triplehorn is getting some Stepford Wives type vibes from these these women. She doesn't like hearing the firm encourages children. She doesn't like say hearing that she's allowed to have a job. Mm-hmm. Doesn't. But, um, yeah. and she, she says no one's been divorced. She doesn't. She's getting some like you said. She's got firm dar, which is an incredible <laughs> hashtag. She got firm dar in this. But I do like her character. Her character is is has a lot to do in this movie, and I think her scenes with Cruz are pretty great, especially when things are starting to fall apart. She does at the end of the movie, they make her deliver some really shitty stuff to Cruz, at, like in a way to forgive him, and it's just horrible. But she does a good job. That of, yeah, of I've always it. loved you, even before I knew you. That whole shit. I love the promise of you, she says, which is, I mean. I feel bad for this. She had to say that. That's I, Grish. I mean, I can't criticize her because that's how I feel about Tobin Bell. <laughs> Star of this movie, by the way, Todd. October. Kaczynski and Hodges. That's the two that take the loss. Yeah. Now, right? it's spelled but, a little different than the director, but give me a break. He meets Avery Tolar, which is an awful name for a character to have. Oh, it's so bad. That's Gene Hackman's character, yeah. Avery Tolar. Which, let, okay. Is it awful or is it growing on you? Because it's growing on me a little it's bit. A, Tolar? Tolar is the worst part. Avery's fine. Tolar <laughs> is awful. It's it's a name that I would have come up with as an eight-year-old writing a story. Reminds me of uh, the band Neutral Milk Hotel. They have an album, I think, you're, called... You're too old to like them. On Avery Island or something like that. I actually like that band. I know it's a, it's a tough name, but they have some great songs. Or, or the guy... It is a band, but... It's one of my favorite early moments, though... So his mentor is this Avery Tolar, Gene Hackman. And, his mentor. And Cruz's? Cruz's mentor in mm, this story. Sort of. He is, 100%. Mm. And they even call he him, he even calls him. him his mentor in the movie. Zoom in. Protégé. He said, do you want to be a protégé of mine? Or I, I believe, right? okay, let's not split the little hairs that Gene has. <laughs> but but uh, we, do we mention Ed Harris in this movie? Ed Harris? <laughs> 
balder than he's ever been. This balder is the baldest and, and, I've and, ever and seen. Almost him. uncomfortably clean and sexy. Like he's so clean. He's shiny in this. Freshly he's washed. Soup. No hair on him. Like he's just yeah, fl- freshly shaven head and face. Almost delectable in how bald. And he in is. a trench. Like he's in a trench coat, a, a cinched trench coat throughout the movie, wondering if he's gonna unflap that thing and expose his Perfect freshly dick. shaved. Who's his wife in real the life? The redhead. What's her name? Well, she, don't, Amy Madigan. Yeah, that's Ed Harris is checking the hotel. Amy Madigan? Yeah. She, Ed Harris worked together with Cruz this summer. Yeah, Maverick. But one of my favorite early Cruz moments. Said, get me the baldest. Give me the baldest you can find. And if you could, could you make him look like a turtle's urethra, please? Because he is. Hollywood's baldest. Un- it, impossible not to fall completely head over heels for Ed Harris every time I see him. I love Ed Harris because he'll take a character like this. I mean, I know it's a written character, but his frustration level in this, and then he keeps getting screwed over. He's an FBI guy. He's just kind of low-level FBI guy. He keeps getting screwed over by Cruz. You could see his every blood term. pressure in this movie. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway, we've barely talked. We haven't talked about the plot of this film. Like, I, I guess I guess is it that well known? Who we does it? Yeah, to? everybody knows the firm. That Cruz goes to work at this law firm and they're it's up corrupt. to no good. He and he and he gets there on his first day very early and he gets ripped for it because he's super law nerd, and then he has to take the bar. All this stuff is happening. Is but there's a line. As, they go to yeah. lunch and Gene Hackman sort of. It's sort of a it's sort of like that Wall Street or Wolf of Wall Street scene, where mm-hmm. you know Gene Hackman tells me he's not. A, the firm doesn't encourage you know drinking on during work hours, and then he orders a cocktail. And the scene ends with him saying, yeah. I'm allowed a few minor rebellions, which I thought was this is adorable. It's a great line. He also says, he asks Cruz how he gets started, and then he reveals he was he was um, a caddy working on a golf course, and he loved looking at the long, tan legs of the lawyer's wives or something. But he says the, the he wives' says, legs were tan, too, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he makes a little joke, but that's what... he's in this. His character in this is just... He's in it for the ladies. Like, that's all he cares about. You know, it's funny. In my Now, I've read this book, and I've seen this movie a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and I, didn't, I right. forgot he dies in this. For some reason, I thought that there was a sympathy element for him later on in the movie where they kind of let him know what's happening, and he gets Who? away. Who? Who's they? Gene Hackman. Like, uh, Triple Horn. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't. He dies. Do you think they kill him, or does he kill himself? I, I always get the feeling himself. that he killed himself. He himself, killed himself 100%. Yeah. yeah. He, it's an honorable he, discharge for him. It, it, that, we talked about this in the phone. He's so sad. It's such a sad character. I don't remember is, that yeah. much like pathos for a guy in a movie. What's like What's this. rough is he's he's a guy in this, and that's why I like about Hackman. Like Hackman took roles like this. He's like a, he's leading man for a while. He's just a heavy hitter, but he'll you know he's in he's he plays like a you know, like a supporting character in this. A great supporting character in this and. He's great, you know, and like, I yeah, his character is this person that works, you know, for this film, loves his life, like supposedly, you know, loves going on these trips. Well, he covers up his you know, un- his his unhappiness with all this glamour and loves hitting on ladies yeah. and 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 um, but you know works for in there you know works for this corrupt firm and you know that you that that they make quite clear you can't leave because if you leave if you want to leave they kill you because you have all the secrets like you kind of know too much and so he's riding it out to retirement i guess 
but he's he's a little trapped. Yeah, and so he's he, broken-hearted. We're early early on in the story. We're introduced to Ed Harris as the FBI agent, and and Paul Caldron mm-hmm. as his partner, and they they see in Mitch an opportunity to get the firm because they have this idealistic young guy who is yet to be ingratiated into their bad ways and all that. And there's some you know he's it becomes very stressful, uh, kind of a, a he's trapped in a box basically, uh, and, mm-hmm. and there's some really cool scenes where he's courted by them and he fights back and he's all panicky. There's a lot of, um, this is a more nervous film than I remember. There's a lot of that where where he's kind of caught in a hard spot. Uh, But there is a scene in this movie um, where uh, he goes goes to see his brother and all that, David Strathairn, who is charismatic as shit in this. But Uh Ed Harris mainlines on saltines. Oh, yeah, well, they're in the diner. So then the first time you meet him and... Ed Harris and his partner. Cruz is like, you know, taking work and he's he's in this diner eating and then Ed Harris starts talking to him and it sounds like it's just a ca- almost a casual conversation. It's at least like Cruz is just like small talk. But then he soon realizes that they're asking him about his job and that they're, they're cops or they're FBI guys. So, But he is they, they, ravenous they bring up the about de- them damn saltines. I know. But they bring up the deaths of those two guys. Because, man, lawyers don't really last long at that firm. They seem to die weirdly. I know he does. He he, he 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 eats about two saltines. But he eats them with such fervor. You you think so? Yeah. Well, saltines are the, no joke. I mean, that's a delicious treat. A saltines like, oh. is Kevin Spacey's internet name. <laughs> Did you notice what magazines the the McDear family keeps on their uh, coffee table? I don't, but I noticed that uh, Brimley later on was is is is, is painting a picture for Cruz and talks about. Um, yep. His wife he going out to the mailbox book, to get a red book, which is a fucking. I got I got PTSD here in that name. So what what magazines do they have? Well, they have Car and Driver, which I I just don't see them as a couple that's reading Car and Driver, and that may be part of the furnishing that that the law firm did for them. Now I got to tell you, man, I'm t- I'm not joking mm-hmm. about that red book thing. My mom kept red book in our bathroom growing up, and Ooh. and I had no no no. I was forced, you know, I, I would go in the bathroom with nothing to do, and I would have, a, you know, some time to spend in there, and I would have to, I would read I Red Book. know what that means. know what that means. <laughs> I was I'll like. I'll looking at how them picks. I was like 10, reading Red it's Book. It's a far cry from a Sports Illustrated, but you got Red Book. Huh? What's in Red Book? What, what kind of. Advice for, you know, for women. Mm-hmm. You know, tips on, uh, you know, beauty tips oh, yeah, and tips, tips huh? on how to tips get the guard. <laughs> got some tips in there, huh? Oh yeah. I think a lot of the things that uh, people find uh, that are weird about me may have come from me reading a hell of a lot of ladies' magazines in the restroom. We're in Red Book, huh? Okay, fair enough. Like, look, in the bathroom sometimes it doesn't matter what's there. You just need something in your hands and to look at as your Reader's Digest condensed away books in Red Book got me through a lot of uh, tough situations. RD in this Reader's Digest. I tried to submit jokes to them one time online and didn't hear back. Which I think I think it's called Reader's Digest because you're reading on the toilet. But do you remember my joke? Yeah, remember I had a period, a string of jokes where I thought they, these could be it. This could be Reader's Digest jokes. Do you remember one of my? I, don't, I told Laughter you all is of the these, best medicine. One of them was um, what do tired foragers do? And you could also say tired counterfeiters if you want. What do tired foragers do? Okay, they fall asleep. <laughs> I sent that off to the Reader's Digest. Never heard back. You know. They shoot William L. Peterson. And I noticed about this time in the film that whenever Abigail calls her husband, it sounds like she's saying bitch. It's Does she? Because his name's Mitch, huh? Yeah. 
Give me a... Do you think Tr Cruz looks like a Mitch? I think he pulls it off. No. What's Brimley's name in this? Oh, he's got Remember? a great name. He's got a great name in this. Does he really? Yeah. I was reading some of his quotes on IMDb earlier today. It's his whole name, too. It's not just his first name. It's his whole shit. Get to hear his entire <laughs> business. I'm getting there. You might get there before me. This was the first time I knew that Red Stripe existed. This movie was my, my ingratiation to Red Stripe. William DeVasher. DeVasher, yeah. And uh, we got Avery Toll. We got Lamar Quinn. Terry Quinney pull, trying to pull off Lamar. Yeah, who's the guy Who's the guy from X-Files? Jerry something or other. What's his? Jerry Harden. Yeah, he's. It's Royce McKnight. Yeah, Royce McKnight. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. name. But no one has a better name in this. And Jerry Weintraub himself playing Sonny Caps. That is a great name. Jerry Weintraub. Actually, Gary Busey as Eddie Lomax is pretty good, too. That sounds like a Stephen King name, though. Dropping F-bombs to the four winds Mr. Weintraub is in this movie. Tobin, not very good performance. Tob Tobin Bell, the Nordic man. Yep. So these guys got exploded in a boat. And what they need to do is they need to get Mitch into the fold rather quickly, right? And so the mm -hmm. best way to do that is to get dirt. And because right. Mitch is sort of squeaky clean, they have to push hard. And they try to get, so he goes to the Bahamas to see Sonny Caps with Gene as Avery Tolar. And they, they have a, a hooker that tries to court him, really pretty mm -hmm. lady, who tries to win his ways. And, Cruz is an But he's got a hero yeah. complex thing, and they exploit that shortly thereafter mm -hmm. when uh, he sees a woman getting accosted on the beach. Very weird scene. <laughs> Very fake. Yeah fourth scene she gets a, a mysterious foot injury or something like that Karina Lombard and for some reason that works and next thing you know I mean she's beautiful but next thing you know he is well she does it's a very long scene where he's like wrapping her foot up and they're talking and she's telling him that she the reason here's what they appealed to him the poor, they pushed they, the poor they, button so then she talks about how she is poor but she wanted to pretend to be rich for one night and this happened and she she's a fraud, and then then they start then they start blowing each other <laughs> immediately. Sixty nine, and they catch it on on camera. But here's the thing, the baddies. Before that, we didn't say that ter the uh, Terry Kenny finds out the de about the deaths of these lawyers who are his friends, and then you know Cruz goes to his house for a little brunch, and Terry Kenny's in the backyard getting sprinkled on one of the most memorable images from the movie, I think. He's sitting in the backyard as the sprinkler is just watering his the hem of his pants with an unopened and he's beer. He's sitting in his there, paw. yeah. But there's what I caught in this that there's a scene. They show him from the back. He's in this chair, and there's a little cute little leaf caught between his uh, shoulder blade and the and the chair. And at one point, he turns around to cruise, and it slips down. Oh, it falls a little bit. And as it's falling, it changes to Joaquin. There you go. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, they're in the Bahama. He gets blown. <laughs> Huge, <laughs> married man, but he gets yeah, and then he's sick. He he feels sick. He feels guilty about it because he loves his wife, but he cannot resist the temptations of a of a beach f. And then he goes to visit his brother in prison, and he is and who hasn't seen for a long time. Good old Ray and Strathairn now is this, just so sexy in this. Let me just stop the presses. We were wondering who could claim the crown. Of the low Don't energy you king. Fucking dare. I think Strathairn is a least in the court. Just because he's don't never I raised dare. his voice in his life. How dare you? It's because he's never used a percentage of his facial muscles for anything. 
What a legend. I love him so much. He's so great. I mean, that's the thing is, Jason Patrick turned down this movie and Strathairn's in it. Well, you think you think Patrick has more uh, better decision making skills and more artistic integrity than David Strathairn? No, he doesn't. He wishes. Well, and Strathairn deemed this one worthy. Guess what? It is. Yeah, and David Strathairn. I'm not going to pronounce it like you do. David Strathairn Did I, I is John well? Sales's muse. And how do you? Of course he and is. I love John Sales as much as I do the Earth's nectar. And and anybody who John Sales loves that much is a miracle, and and his energy is is palpable. I just love that he's in stuff that you, you've seen that you didn't even remember he's in. Like he's in Godzilla: King of Monsters. Of course he is. He plays a military man. Mm-hmm. But but Lone Star, he's not in. Oh yeah. No, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, but, is but he's he's in uh, Limbo, and he uh, Eight Men Out. Once again, Kevin Spacey. Oh God! He's in a couple of Godzilla. He's in Temple Grandin. Like he's in there, you know. <laughs> Strathair legacy in here. And 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 the funny thing is, he and Holly Hunter have sort of a, a cute little. They do. They romance. have real chemistry. And then in Home for the Holidays, they're re- reunited. Although she doesn't fall for it this, that time. We I for, you know we did a Strathairn movie. Strathairn. Great in uh, Iceman. L- Iceman. He's that's an early role for him. Great mm-hmm. in Ellie Confidential. Of course. And, and dead in L.A. Confidential. He may make it. He didn't make it. Oh, he, he was he was the super hard the keeper of the fleur de lis in that movie. Yep, fifty five minutes and thirty five seconds into this movie, which is a long fucking movie, by the way, and just almost as long as our podcast, probably. But yeah, two hours and uh, a half. Tobin Bell shows up with Dean Norris in tow. Dean Norris, I believe it. <laughs> uh, a, what a pair. Now, it's funny, Dean Norris... I'm going to get his age on this film, because it is insane that he's now, in this. The, here's the, this is a sad thing to admit. The first time I saw Dean Norris was in one of the Lethal Weapon movies. It might have been three. And mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, in my mind's eye, what a low-rent Reggie Bannister this is. You're dead wrong. I saw him in True Blood shortly before he was cast in Breaking Bad, and I was like, yeah, who's this guy? I mean, he's just, yeah, I thought the same thing. Well, kind of like, eh. But because he looks, he, he reminded me of Reggie Bannister a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like sure, a cleaner version. But then in Total Recall, he was that guy with the ass vagina yeah. face. I'm, obviously, time has proven he's a legend, but he's given, I think, no dialogue, if any, or maybe like one line in this whole thing. All he's there to do is to get hurt. <laughs> And and be a little threatening. He's twenty nine in this, by the way. I love I love when somebody when you revisit a film like this and somebody like that pops up, and you realize how close they were to you all this time. Like Tobin and Dean were so close all this time. I wonder what they were became friends, lifelong friends from this. There is a scene in this movie where I wrote this down. This blew my fucking mind off. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where there's a car and it's three passengers are Wilford Brimley, Tobin Bell, and Tom Cruise. <laughs> like my smash bank <laughs> there is, there's those three people are sharing a car in a movie tobin bell wilford brimley and tom cruise and you tell me that there's not hope in this world we didn't talk about this they have a funeral for these 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 super dead lawyers that got blown to pieces and um hackman is zooming in he's he's um sending sexual flares over to gene <laughs> To Jean, yeah, and she's um, rebuffing his advances, but she's kind of interested. She kind of is like, "All right, well played," you know. 
He calls um, out the French connection. He's trying to lick he her says, lips and face. He's all about like just super flirt, and then she says to him, "Wow, you must really these you knew these these guys." And she, he said, "Yeah." And he's like, "Wow, you must you know really be grieving." Like she says, like sarcastically, and she goes, "He goes, people grieve in different ways," and what she means, I you know what he fuck. means. There's a well, thanks for the translation. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene That's... shortly thereafter where Tom Cruise, he flies a few private jets in this thing. Of course, of course he does. Did you notice the giant tear in the upholstery on that plane? I mean, I don't think I did notice. You're zooming in like a madman. There is a, an awful tear in the upholstery near the window of that airplane. Wow. And I could not take my mind off of it. Cruising glasses in this. I don't remember, you notice? I don't remember that. Yeah, he got he got a pair of specs on. This kid's doing the serious work, getting hit in the, hitting the books. Yeah, he put some glasses on to make him look lawyery. I know, probably didn't even know it was him, because I don't think I've ever seen Tom Cruise in glasses before. Yeah, got some glasses in here. Alice Krauss is another lawyer, one of the female lawyers uh, in this that was killed previously to these two dudes. Alice Krauss, kind of a name twin to Alison Krauss, the bluegrass legend herself. Or Lindsey Krauss, the man-child. Lindsey Krauss, who I dearly love. Great. And anyway, what, so Cruz, we've done her in a movie before. The rival. Mm-hmm. Cruz propositions his wife to have you want to have some because he Cruz keeps coming home late, and Gene Triplehorn is like works interfering with their, their life, you know, and and she doesn't get to eat with her husband. He's always at the office, and she even put a note one time on the the personality list dog, and he has to read it, take the dog. He has to actually touch around the dog's neck, and Cruz winces as he pulls that note <laughs> off of it. It's in it's Gene, his wife saying, you know, eat kibble with this the bearer of this dumbass bearer dog. of note. Mm-hmm. The dog's like, great. I I love being used as a prop. I don't want to be pet. Right. Anyway, so at one point they are together and it's late and he's worked all night and he says, Do you that dog is an email. Have some, what? That dog is just a fucking email to them. Yeah, it's <laughs> here's uh, fucking it. The first attachment. That was the original name that Pollock wanted. The first email attachment. Wonder if Doug wonders. He fantasizes about being scratched behind the ears. Anyway, Cruz says, kicks the dog out of the way, and he says, "You want to have some eggs naked?" He's gonna make some eggs for her in in his with his dick out. He's gonna scramble. Like, I want to stir his, them eggs. It's awesome. You know what I mean? I she said, "We're out of sausage." He's like, <laughs> "No, <laughs> we ain't." Yeah. I'm gonna put my dick on the egg. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get to do that. They don't get to do their poor ass version. And they I do have, have a sex scene in this movie. They get in a fight because she was saying that she accuses him of doing all this because he doesn't want to be dirt poor. Like she, he's a, she's a, she's like saying there's honor and and being not rich and and not pursuing this stuff this hard and being in a loving relationship with all this bullshit. And he gets mad at her and he's like, "You were raised rich. You don't know what it's like." to be me meanwhile i'm gonna cook stir these yolks with my my own scrotum (laughs) but they do there is a sex scene between them in this movie hell yeah there is well it's film like sort of he makes out with her sort of and he kisses the scene where he turns up the music and whispers to her about the firm is completely shot like a sex scene it's also shot like lost in translation at the end that movie reminded me I of that scene. That. He turns up a, the worst Lyle Lovett song. It's called Money, and it's it's like an abbreviation for something because there's dots in between all the letters. 
Okay. By the way, Strathairn, they couldn't throw William Maypother a bone. That could have been the that could have been the bro because they Is don't that look the at all. Like... My only ninja eats yams. <laughs> and it's maybe it's dashes money. If you want that girl, listen, son. Don't you sit around and cry. I can't do it. But it's a terrible song. What's happening? He he. He turns it up because yeah, the house is bugged. He find out finds out the house is bugged, and he whispers it, and she freaks out. We're doing a good job so far. Killing it. What about Hackman dancing a little bit? He does a little shimmy in this. He does. It's cute. Yeah. So and man, that John Beale's old, but hmm? that old John. There's this old guy that keeps showing up from time to time, and his that's an actor named John Beale. It just it threw me out of the movie a little bit. The scene where he finds out the firm is a nightmare institution, uh, mm. when Stephen Hill, also in this film from Law and Order, does the Mount, the the Donald Sutherland JFK sequence on the park bench there, telling him the truth. When he goes mm. back to her house, he he whispers in her ear. And I'm telling you, that scene is the most sex sex scene thing in the movie by far. They're really kind of coming to grips with the world and how tough things are. And there's a scene where sure, sure. they're reminiscing about Szechuan beef at Long Boys, and she says, "I can't remember the last time I laughed." And she lied because she laughs at a quarter horse joke he tells earlier in the film. After the funeral, right? So she, mm-hmm. or after they know, after they find out those guys are dead, after they leave uh, Terry Kinney's house, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. she lied before the funeral, which yeah, makes yeah. it okay that he cheats on her. But um, it's so great because things are escalating now. You know, mm-hmm. Wilford and Tobin and and Dean Norris are starting to do their risky shit. Uh, there's the the threat of the mafia that they're that they're the law firm for uh, showing up and, and making life hard, and then there's the pressure from the FBI. So Mitch is really kind of caught in a hard spot, and at that point, uh, Mr. Wilford Brimley decides to introduce himself to Mr. Cruz and show him what they're packing, and what they're packing are glossy photographs of him eating Karina Lombard out like yesterday's dinner. You skipped over so much, but I, I'll allow it. You didn't even mention Gary Busey. Let's do it. I like the scene that you're talking about. That's way down the road, though, because... Uh, I'm looking at the clock. I ain't. And so... Um, I don't think the listeners care. They're like, eh, six hours? Perfect length. Cruz's brother, or Mitch's brother, turns him on to Eddie Lomax, who is a ex, ex-con, now private eye, that, that resides in Memphis. So is and James. So, and uh, he says... Cruz says... Will you look into this? That my my firm is fucked up, and 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 uh, Gary B says, "Sure, I'll die. <laughs> that's fine. I'll, I'll die. That's that's cool." He gets the assignment immediately, murdered for it because he he does like a quick you know Alta Vista search or whatever it was back back then. Looks up, types <laughs> in the firm, Navigator. the firm corrupt question mark, and these guys come to us come to his office and shoot him to death. <laughs> and they were, they're were trying to ask him. It's a, kind of a brutal right, scene. Yeah, they he's ask about to him. get a blowy from Holly Hunter. She's under the desk when this happens. Dean Norris and uh, Tobin Bill walk in. And they start to shoot. They shoot his earlobe off. Of course. Tobin does. And then they shoot him in the shoulder. And he's like, who, who told you to investigate? Because this is going to end badly for you. But it could be painless if you tell us. And, you know, Gary Busey is wise talking. He gets shot a lot. And then he actually has a gun on the desk, and he shoots Dean Norris in the knee. Then he gets destroyed for it. Super shot. Anyway, meanwhile, Holly Hunter's under the desk, and they don't see her. But, yeah, that's I just wanted to get that out of the way because Gary Busey is great in this, and he's not in it a lot. He's in two scenes, and he gives it a memorable performance. Gary Busey, 
there was a period of time where he was gold, like guaranteed gold. Actually, mm-hmm. they, from the 80s until 10 years ago, really. Yeah, he, he looks the most like Jake Busey in this I've ever seen. He, this is like... It's a good zoom. You talking about when shot he's shot ear, to death? Shot his earlobe off, Nick. It's a good shot by Tobin. Anyway, so... But anyway, that's... Yeah, go ahead. No, but this is when Wilfred Brimley's character starts to kick into overdrive. Sure, yeah. And course. he shows these uh, photographs, and he's describing... The hard feelings that... A young wife. The heartbreak of a young wife. It's like yeah. the kind of intimate acts, oral and whatnot, is coming out of Wilfred Brimley, out of his beautiful yeah. mouth. It's so special. It's so funny. And not just, yeah, kind of intimate acts. Like, he was like, he's really kind of laying it on. The crews was super into the sex. They did all sorts of positions, including doggy and um, uh, strap-on, strap-hairn with a strap-on. He's but, like, you even went over and rented a Sibian. <laughs> Watching you, uh, the freaking Nutcracker Suite. She pile-drived you. It's fucking weird. But uh, anyway, so they have all these pictures. They He opens the envelope, and about 600 photos fall out. They got everything. At one point, he uh, he kicked a crab back into the water. They caught that. I got, I've got so. a shot here of you picking pubes out of your mouth at the breakfast buffet. <laughs> Only one in color for some reason. But, yeah, things are getting it's scary a, because the news is tightening. off to the side. Gene Hackman, hammer it. <laughs> Off to the side as this happens, waking up his his mini Hackman. Poor little Hackman, by the way. He's so sad in this. He's having a blast in the Krupp firm, though. That's the thing I do like about the character. He before all the stuff starts to go bad, he's having a blast working there. He's a fat cat, you know. He's Caymans. Yeah. yeah. He's got the good gig and the worst. But the the noose is tightening, yeah, and Cruz comes much. clean with his wife. I didn't remember that either. He he's not unprovoked. Because there's a scene where the envelope with the naked photos in it drops, and she picks it up and hands it to him. Yeah, there's a surprise party for Cruz at the office, where she's there. Because past the bar. Past the By bar the way, a, an unnecessary score. subplot in this movie. You could have cut 15 minutes out of this movie without the fucking bar exam. It's fine. Okay, fair enough. I'll take it. I don't it. mind it. I like to see him succeed in this. You, gotta, you know he's, he's king shit. We just watched him succeed in 16 positions. They didn't show much of that, by the way. He's kissing on her a little bit. She kind of straddles him. That's it. We don't get much. I know. And they talk about these photos, how they're insane, and they just show up, her on top of him like they kiss, they're kissing, fully clothed. Give me a little zoots. You know what I'm saying? Keep, Let me keep, see something. Keep thumbing through them photos, though. Let me see something. He's yeah. got her in the, in, the, in the birth position, legs way back. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, at one point, they're hugging. <laughs> Brimley's like talking about. He's playing mash, the mash, origami game with her. <laughs> Show my age. Uh, so he's doing fr- he's doing those front flips that they did on the boardwalk on her. Yeah. You know. So yeah, let, let's just fast forward through some of this. No, it, come on. The last act is a, it, it basically the firm hates him. He hates them. The, he, everybody's shitty. He basically makes a deal with the FBI with to a, get his brother out of prison. Yeah, he comes up with a, a, a way to outwit everybody and get everybody what they want except for the villains you know the fbi gets a, something he gets something his brother gets something holly hunter has a dead boyfriend everything's perfect so the problem with the position he's in is the fbi is like look you got to give us these dudes or if you don't then we're just gonna when we do get everybody you're coming with them you're going to prison as well but you're only our only hope here you're new enough you know, and so we're going to use you. He doesn't want to be used, but so he kind of turns it back on the on uh, the FBI, and he's like, "I want a million. I actually want 1.5 million. I want my brother out of prison, and then I'll do your dirty work." 
they agree to his terms. But then he just comes upon the uh, happens upon a plan where he realizes he can get this firm not for their mob connections, but they've been cheating hours, the billable hours, and he thinks he can get. It ain't on sexy, that. but it's got teeth. And he and he also gets Ed Harris in a, in a snare because he he records him saying some threatening things. Yeah. Bottom line, so then, it gives him an opportunity yeah. to run away from Tobin Bell. I mean, I think that's what we're kind of all building to. We get to watch one legend chase well, no, another. So, well, he, he does admit to the affair, like you said, which is surprising to Gene Triple over over dinner. And, I think, and she's to her totally credit, heartbroken. She's like, I've seen that ass. What? She's like, I've seen that ass. I know what you're talking about. She's great. And, um, you know, they. she says I'm, basically she can't process it because they're so close. It's such a betrayal. And then she decides that she's gonna leave and but they have to make it look great because she can't just leave so they she come they come up with excuse that her mom's sick right and well, this is what and, I well, love and he's about. on his hands and knees begging for her to take the dog <laughs> anyway she comes up with this plan that the mom is sick or this this, this that she's gonna have some tests and she's gonna go up to the to the uh, mom but the word's out that they're getting maybe they had a falling out hackman hears this through the grapevine he goes to visit her at work this on is, her last day to the school. The, the un- most unrealistic part of this movie. But. No, it's the best. And so he says that, uh, <laughs> he's, he's like, I heard you're uh, maybe new to the single scene, you know? And she's like, I, I, I'm, and he's like, I'm going to be in the Caymans. Why don't you come with me? And she's like, looks like, it's like so out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and he shows a picture she's of like, a look. scuba hair and she loses it. <laughs> so she says, she basically says, look, I, can't i'm gonna i'm stick to my story i'm gonna go my mom is getting you know tests and then hackman says to her well if the tests come out fine bring her with that's what he says to her bring mom with and he says can i see a pic does she look like you with a few more wrinkles i don't mind the older you know like right bring her with bring all six horns to the fucking party Anyway, so their whole plan involves the Caymans because there's a bunch of boxes of... of boring uh, shit. MacGuffins. And boring shit. shit in a closet that Cruz knows about. So they have a whole plan to... to by, by Hackman's going to be scuba diving. They're going to go in and photocopy some of the information in those boxes. Uh, but they hear through the grapevine that he's not going to go diving. Gene Triplehorn does indeed decide to visit the Caymans. And I like how they try to give her a, on, a grease makeover as she shows up there. And just like in Greece, she looks worse. She looks, yeah, but I, I, I kind of like that she doesn't look like completely. Like I like that she just looks comfortable and she's just there to kind of like. She slicks her hair him. back like an addicted yeah. to love music video. It's just like I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, she goes. That's so unrealistic. That whole sequence. It is, but it works for me. I, I enjoy it because I like them together. I think that they have a Hackman and her are good together, and he he kind of pours his heart out to her at the end. He knows that she's not. Like they're really for him, and but so the, she- but okay, so you're right. But before that, my favorite happens. So the noose is mm-hmm. tightening around everyone, right? And there's a scene mm-hmm. before he goes to the the Caymans where Gene Hackman goes back to his office, and he goes in there, and all the the executives are sitting in a darkened room, and it's sort of maudlin in there. And he walks in, he goes, probably the best line in the whole film. He goes, "I thought there were only two brothers, Grimm." It's amazing because because everybody's everybody's grim. I know it's amazing, and then there's a, he has like a back and forth with Wilford Brimley, a, a, a sequence where my, me and my buddy Sean would quote for years for some strange reason. But there's a scene where Wilford Brimley basically he he, he kind of questions Wilford's tactics or whatever, and Wilford 
sets him straight. And he goes, what do you think I am around here, a fucking night watchman? And it's such a cute thing to hear come out of uh, Brimley. Rest in peace. Hackman's like, Hackman says, um, I get confused sometimes. (laughs) And Brimley says, well, don't! (laughs) Or something like that. And then Tom Cruise is crestfallen, walking around Memphis. Walking around Memphis. and, the, and you could tell he's crestfallen because the kid does flips and he doesn't join the kid in flipping. I know. He does a sad sack. You know, the kid, yeah, he doesn't. Doesn't tip the he, kid either. They make is. a point of showing that he doesn't flip with the kid and doesn't tip with the kid. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's too sad to flip. Yeah. He, it's no longer the, 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 the cruise that we know with the hopes and dreams, you know, uh, the, the future cleanly ahead of him. No more flipping for this man. He's a new person. He's trapped. Now, it is October, and this is when the Tobin Bell factor is cranked up to 11, because he is after Cruise. The last act of this film, Tobin and Brimley are on the job trying to catch this fuck. So they do an amazing thing where he is, they're, they're, they're doing all this plan, plan stuff. Cruise is in the firm. They're trying to pull all this shit off. You know, Holly Hunter's in the Caymans, Janine Triphorn, unbeknownst to Cruise, in the Caymans. Cruise in the law firm. You know, doing his little song and dance, like trying to get files, slipping them out, and they're on to him. Brimley's on to him, and then he gets a call. The FBI is like, "They're on to you, brother." And Cruz, they surround, they kind of surround him. They, Brim, I mean, Brimley's just kind of by him, and he just skedaddles out of there. He like runs for it, which is great. Gets on a monorail. Well, he jumps, to, he j- he lands on the, he jump, jumps through a window and lands on a very convenient mm-hmm. cotton. Tree. By the way, that that lawyer. Let me zoom in real quick. That lawyer, the guy that plays that lawyer. That character mm-hmm. is Campbell Scott's vocal twin, his voice twin. Stop. I'm just gonna okay, throw- we need to stop the show. We can't just let that go by. Compare and contrast. Get that. We'll put it side by side. It's true. I am paralyzed. <laughs> his vocal twin? You went there. Sure don't look like him. Wow, that's a they huge... They sound a lot a, alike. That's a huge yeah. pull. All right, I'm ready to I wonder to if he gets that. Well, you think he gets that? He sounds like Campbell Scott. I get Which that all the, the time. Which is the least marketable skill to have. You're, you're a dead ringer for the hideous. So a cruise on a monorail, Tobin on a monorail, going the opposite direction. Is that what those things are? What are those things? Just people transport... Sky tram? And, it's like uh, a Nighthawks. You know, cruise, Another great movie we've done in here. I mean, Cruz doesn't see him. He's going. He's going, and then Tobin gets off his and this runs across. He runs the a lot in this movie. Ramp to catch up with his the other Sky Tramp. Anyway, there's a big chase that happens, and Cruz ends up in the bottom of like an abandoned building, or like a Brimley and Tobin are in there after him. Dean Norris can't catch up because he's he's been kicked in the leg at this point and his and his gun wound. Anyway, what happens in this scene, Nick? Saddest thing that's happens this October. Yeah, it's we lose Tobin. We do, but who kills him? And a, a mistake where Wilford Brimley sees his silhouette. He's picked up Mitch McDear's briefcase, and so in silhouette, the glorious Tobin, I guess, approximates a much taller version of Tom Cruise. And you mind if I cry foul on this, by the way? So, yeah, his briefcase there. Tobin picks it up. Brimley sees this person pick up a briefcase and shoots him, thinking it's Mitch McDear. Ah, 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 not so fast. That hair is still... That's silhouetted in the, uh, through that glass. That's still by far Tobin's hair. Well, like there's, yeah, absolutely. Let's take it. There's even, no mistake in it. Let's take it even further. You're uh-huh. armed. You're pretty sure Mitch McDear is not armed. Yeah. You're professional at what you do. Your job is to cover up gigantic intrigue. 
Uh huh. So if you go and show yourself, you've got him dead to rights. Shoot him when you know it's him. Yeah, make sure. We lost Tobin as a result. By the way, he they're in a, Cruz is trying to get out of this basement, and there's a little window that he's trying to you kick through. Fit. Remind me of Barbarian. Remind me of Barbarian. Right. Our last the episode. same kind of slim window. Yeah. Well, a, a much slimmer window. You couldn't squeeze Shelly mm. Duvall through that thing. Yeah, so Tobin um, dies, and then Brimley, Cruz has been um, up in the air ducts. Weird, in a weird position, sweating. An mm. unnecessary hardship. And he pounces. He pounces on Brimley, and he just beats the shit on him with his it's briefcase. another song by then, John Hyatt. Pouncing on Brimley. That's... You're talking about Mark Cohen, brother. That's right. They're overrated. But yeah, you're right. Um, and so what happens? He beats Brimley within an inch of his life. Like, he just beats the shit out of Brimley. But you notice something that is quite interesting. You saw it when you watched it, right? I did. So I was looking for it. So there's an amazing... It's almost like Da Vinci touching God. His t- is, is a shot of the Sistine <laughs> Chapel. If you're familiar with the roof, the insiders yes. call it. Okay. So... <laughs> The, the the deceased version of Tobin Bell and the unconscious version of Wilford Brimley, when Cruz is getting ready to skedaddle himself, mm-hmm. they are on the floor defeated, and their toes are touching. Yeah, their loafers are touching. Their, it's yeah. it's a lot to take in. It's a weird thing because uh, Pollock lingers on this. It's intentional. And you got to yeah, wonder, two legendary actors. Maybe one was like, "Can we not have our toes touching, Mr. Pollock?" And he's like, "Integral to the movie. It's it delivers the message." I'm sorry. This is the this is the one sheet. It spells an, their bodies form an M for Mitch <laughs> in a weird way. Here's the thing. It's on Wikifeed. I went and looked. It's under their weird section. No, actually, I, I finally went over to Wikifeed, and there's a tab called Necessary. <laughs> it's under their With Shoes On folder or whatever. Do you think they have a in shoes at Wikifeet? In sho- hoofs and shoes or something? They have to, right? That's a thing. That's like going to a porn site and saying, "I want to, I want to see the meeting," you know, in the office. No, 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 no. Because I remember the um, uh, our boy Bob Unkirk got busted for this on Twitter. He followed an account called Pretty Feet and in, in shoes or something. Pretty feet that look good in shoes. It was some crazy thing like that, and he and people roasted him for it, and then people defended him. He says he likes feet. Who cares? You know, that's a it's a cute fetish. Better to call have. soul. People roasted. You didn't see this? People oh, I remember. I just, like they, I just I don't want to think about Bob Odenkirk liking feet. I don't want to know that. They they showed a picture of him and like um, Rhea Seahorn like together on the couch, and she didn't have shoes on. And they said they said that someone was like the fact that he could have got he got through this scene and fully intact. I you know maybe it's just one of those things that he didn't mean to follow it. Yeah. I can't picture it. He gets away with it. Who? Mitch. He pulls it off. He pulls yeah. it out. And uh-huh. then. Uh, yeah, but he not before he says to. Um, yeah, he he makes a deal with the Chicago guys, the mob guys, and he explains to him, "Look, you're not in trouble. I'm gonna get these guys. I'm not getting you guys. I just want to let you know if you do kill me, you, you are gonna get God. That's what he explains to these guys. Very. It's kind of a good scene. And then he has they follow up with the worst scene where he asks. Gene Triple and he's like, did I lose you? Did I lose you? And she said, fuck yeah, you did, bro. You blew another woman, you know? <laughs> Piece of shit. Get the fuck out of my life forever, you fuck. Take the damn dog. Please get this fuck out of here. Right. Instead, she says, I've always loved you. You know, she takes this betrayal and turns that frown upside down. She's back in. Yeah. She's like, peg me with that Karina dick. <laughs> it's a 
good junk food movie. She said, I saw the pics. It's PG-13 at best. You're in. You're back in. Let's do this. I dry humped her is what he says to her. That's it. It was meaningless. Yeah, that's not that line's not going to work. Where it didn't mean anything. She's like, eh, I meant something. No, no, she she calls that as bullshit. I like that part. I don't like this that she forgives him at the end. I, I like that they're together. I think they have a good relationship, but he needs to pay the price. He needs he needs to beg for her to come back. He doesn't have to go. Did I lose you? You know, treats it like a. I mean, it's Tom Cruise. You know, doesn't have to work that hard. Doesn't have to work as hard as Tobin Bell does get across that ramp right. or that bridge. And 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 then she's like, "What's well, okay?" Because. I didn't have it with Gene Hackman. I was pretending to have it with him. Oh, they almost had, they like, at one point she didn't think the drugs were kicking in enough, and she was gonna have to do some front stuff. You know, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? She thought he was gonna she was gonna let him, have to let him slide his hand on there or down there. Mm-hmm. She's stalling, but it, the drugs start kicking in, so she was safe. But they do butt unbutton each other. Yeah, and then she rockets his uh, face with her crotch when he's sleeping. So he he died in the tub, but he was smothered in the bed. <laughs> Look, man, it's time to get a tat. You you love the firm. You got to figure out how to emblazon it. What you doing? God, does anybody have a firm tattoo? That'd be great. Yeah, the band. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What was their big hit, the firm? I kind of liked it. One in a million. Is that, is that, is the that firm? one of theirs? I don't think so. You're- how could they not get them on the soundtrack? Sucks. They're probably still mad about it. Radioactive. Jimmy Page was in that band? Was he really? Yeah, I had their album. But yeah, I forgot Jimmy Page was in there. I guess that's why we know they exist. So yeah, what you putting on your body, man? I've got I don't know. I've question. got something. It's Shakespearean. I know you like that. Okay. Sure. It's Tobin. Um with the frilly neck, you know, the frilly shirt, all that, holding a skull, and in sure. curse of it says Tobin or not Tobin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well Shakespearean, yeah. yeah. Very cool. I like it. Yeah. I like the idea of having a Tobin tattoo. You like the hmm. concept of a Tobin tattoo? Mine's just a play on um, Brimley's line in this that you guys immortalized. You know, what, 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 what do you think I am here? A fucking night watchman, but it's Brimley crammed into a night owl suit from the watchman. <laughs> what do you think? I'm hard. That's the first clue. And he's got, yeah, he's like, he's got that cute. That now, think about this. If he was the, if he was Night Owl and the Watchman, that ship makes so much more sense. Size wise, the Owl ship, <laughs> just how cute it is. That is the got to be the cutest superhero ship of all time. No argument here. So yeah, I, I get Brimley and maybe the whole cat. He could be every character. Silver Spectre is that her name? Nope. What is it? Some Spectre. Comedian. Doctor Manhattan. Brimley is Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> Incredible. You gotta get some rocks in the yeah. pool for that to work, for him to hang ass. Or Shaq. Yeah. Look, the movie's over. The credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there's a little stinger at the end, a little extra scene. What, what you got? A little stinger? Yeah. I mean, I think you know, right? No, I don't. Both those feet start to twitch. Uh-oh. As both Brimley and Tobin come to, and they help each other out of that abandoned building. Arm in arm, Brimley kisses Tobin on the shoulder. You know, kind of, I'm sorry I shot you so much. We'll make it, you know, as a, as you hear the police sirens in the distance, you know, coming coming for them. But those two wounded buddies are gonna, maybe they'll make it or not. You know, that's freeze frame as it fades into credits. That's pretty what hot. Do you think? Then you hear the gunshots go off again. Blam, blam, blam. No, go ahead. That's that's mine. Pretty good. Mitch and his wife have reconciled. She's cooking mm-hmm. dinner because uh, they're too far away from Long Boys. She's uh, 
she's thrilled. She's happy as shit. And she says, all right, I'm gonna, I got to go drop a whiz. And so she goes to the bathroom while the food is simmering, and he is breaking the pelvis of Karina Lombard in that bathroom. <laughs> oh, man, he did it again? Yeah. It's, he he kind of got mixed signals. She, she, when she forgave him, he, was, he, th- he took that as an, an opportunity to buy her a plane ticket to their bedroom. And so yeah. he just thought, well, I should just have her her body here all the time for everything to enjoy. Yeah, if she forgives. Yeah. If she forgave me, I mean, what's the point? She forgave me? Yeah, she, oh, I guess it's okay yeah, then. Yeah, I might as well have her on demand, you mm-hmm. know. Let her let her Right. Let me let me parse a few pulses through her. All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, uh, what are Yeah, that could be the sequel, by the way. That's next. Guess who's preg? The little Mitch McDeer. Maybe Mitch. All right, what's next? You have, the, the did sequel? you give me your singer? I did. It's so unmemorable. You <laughs> forgot. It was the the two That's friends right, waking right. up. From Look, the two toe touchers. Tobin, yeah. Look, you've been given the finest to have your own sequel to the firm. How do you spend that hard earned? Talking about firmer. Oh. Probably they didn't do this. So probably they didn't do a sequel to this. It was such a hit, you know. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise gets hired by another law firm that's corrupt. She's like, God damn it, every single? You know, I don't know what the sequel would be. Mine is uh, Mitch's, he's running a small firm, New Hampshire, got out of Memphis. Mm. Him and Abigail settled down. And he gets contacted from the most unlikely source. It's to Vasher. Wow, okay, interesting. I know that we've had our differences, uh, but I also know you're a great lawyer, and I'm in a pickle. And it would be uh, a great honor if you would come help me out of, you know, represent me in this situation I'm in. And Cruz, sure. I mean, one thing Mitch McDear has always been is idealistic. He's like, you know what? This might put a nice bit of a, a you know, a sure, yeah, punctuation at the end of that whole endeavor. So he, to his credit, man, he hops on a train, goes to New Hampshire, shows up, and Wolf of Rimley is hat in hand, man, in his house. He's like, I fucked up. It's like, I need your help. And he's, you know, he's got this stack of papers on his desk. And Cruz is like, you don't, don't look like you need my help. you got a beautiful house here. you got this beautiful fresco on the floor, of all things. It's this weird-ass fresco. It's like, you have put yourself a nice little homestead together. And Wilford's like, you ain't kidding. That, that fresco was made by a legendary artist you may have heard of. Take a look. And he sees the signature of it. And then Wilford presses the button on his desk, and the fresco opens up, and he, Mitch McDear falls into a wolf's den. And Wilford's, I've been playing the long game, bitch and that's yeah he wins does he die he he's, he's gets devoured man yeah he gets he gets eaten out I remember his last thoughts rolling through that noggin are of christina karina lombard you know what i'm saying yeah. um my sequel of course would be mitch mcdear lawyer no more oh no the title gets a job at best buy <laughs> and um he's gets employee of the month he's just incredible at his job he actually likes it more than being a lawyer he's and 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 him and and his his uh school teacher wife abigail are happily poor they live in a condo they're watching star search at night he's living life you know who knows where it would lead as she would say um happy as clams and then he goes to work one day and he sees one of the employees not ringing a dvd player through the thing and just handing it to uh a gentleman right and mitch of course is like what the and he, he he notices it happening more and more that their players are just passing equipment not charging people for it and then he turns around ed harris there bald as a dream <laughs> and he's like this best buy might be the most corrupt in the i don't know how you landed here but we need you mitch 
you know. Right. We need your we need your expert, and he's like, God damn it, you know. And so he finds himself in another situation, a little lower key, demoted. This is a demoted Ed Harris, trying to claw his way back to his you know administrative role that he was in. He's even lower now, and so yeah, they have to take on this corrupt Best Buy, you know. What do you think? Yeah, I yawn. I, I would agree. It's not too good. It's not too good. I just I just kept thinking of cruising that Best Buy blue T-shirt. Right. You know, you could picture it. It's like it's blue, just like Karina Lombard did all those years ago. Oh. But it's cool because uh, if you notice, Ed Harris is a rewards member. <laughs> they do make that quite apparent. It's a huge product tie-in. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a product placement. Everybody, yeah, it's a big Best Buy thing. Yeah. It's great. No, it's good. It's good. This is a good idea. <laughs> You've been given the finance and have your own business associated with the firm. Hey, you ask growing out. I'd, I'd make a video game for sure. This I'll get it over quick. I'd make a video game of, maybe it's an app, but the whole thing is you've drugged Gene Hackman, <laughs> and now you have to dodge him enough and come up with enough excuses where he, where he doesn't sleep with you <laughs> in order for the time for the drugs to take effect. You know, you have to stall. You have to knock over plants yeah. and, you know, save my... I gotta go to the bathroom. So this is, is this 1993 era video game, please. It's like a reverse leisure suit, Larry. I want to see guess, that 32-bit rager. Yeah, he's just chasing you around the room, and you have to keep doing stuff to try to distract him. Like, uh, let's watch a little TV, or oh, you know, my a hand of pinochle, if you would. I got a, I got an insane bout of diarrhea from the margarita I drank. You know, things like that. You and in, in this system, it's so insanely well developed that there's a million choices that you can do. To escape his clutches, you, but you have to you have to do it. I mean, he's not gonna. If you pick the wrong ones, he's instantly effing you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's called the firm. I don't know what it's called. Come back to me on that. I don't mean I don't want to step into your business, but I know that the, uh, the there is a, a wide open Library of Congress. Nobody has registered Tolar's positions yet. Now we do have in-app purchases available. Right. You know, you can you can buy more options in, to dodge in, his dick. In nap once you get him sleeping or cuz he's sleepy. Yeah. What what kind of in-app pur- purchases? I don't know. There's like more options to distract him. Okay. You know. They didn't like mm-hmm. negligee and stuff like that. And different skins you can wear. All of a sudden Manute Bowl is the guy prone on the bed. I get it. Leatherface, <laughs> just like all the Fortnite skins, but in this right. Gene Hackman wants to have sex with you game. It's like, well, I guess Nelson Mandela deserves a good fucking. <laughs> the weirdest is that I, I put up a Gene Hackman skin for sale. He's chasing himself <laughs> around the room, getting too handsy with Gene Hackman, right. unbuttoning. His Tommy Bahama shirts. Right. His own time. I don't know what he's wearing in that movie. Anyway, that's my... I think that's pretty good. Yeah. You see me cheerfully walking... It's called, it's called Firmed. It's called Fir... <laughs> it's called Firmed. Okay. Or Frim. I don't know. One of the two. Go ahead. No, you just see me joyfully walking down the hallway with a box full of gummy fists. And you're like, I'm listening. Hands and fists. Some are in the outstretched hand, but most are in fist sure. shape. You're like, what the fuck business is this character put together? And then you start to smell the good cheer, and you notice I have created a frozen delicacy location. You see me whisking milkshakes together, compressing milk and ice together. Uh, I don't mean to spoil it for people how that's made. <laughs> and um, throwing them gummy fists in there. And, yeah. and the open hands. Gummy open hands, too. Into the milkshakes. Wow. Sure. 
And you're like, I don't get it. It looks delicious, but I don't get it. And then you look up on the sign, it says firm handshakes. And you're like, what a charming business you've made. <laughs> Not firm milkshakes? Firm handshakes. Handshakes. Firm handshakes is good enough. Shakes is good enough. Okay. Yeah, so they're delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Um, look, you're in the movie, man. You've, you've been inserted to the running time of the firm. What shape does your performance take? That's a good question. Mine's memento-esque. It starts off and you see the dead body of uh, Tobin Bell and the stranger, played by me, grabbing his hand and moving it around. Yeah. And you don't know what's going huh? on. Yeah. And then it goes backwards and you see me scoping out the warehouse. And it goes backwards and it sees me running through traffic. And then it goes backwards and it sees me running through the train station. And it goes backwards, and it sees me on the escalator, and Tobin bumps into me. I'm like, I love you. Can I have your autograph? And he pushes me aside. He, he elbows me into the throat, shatters my larynx, but I, I'm blown away that I got to be that close. Aww. So I'm in this movie, man, and, and I reverse. I, I follow him all the way through. I, I'm in this chase sequence the entire time. And then when I finally come across his dead body, I, I fill that hand with my pen and manipulate that hand to sign that autograph onto my pad. You're a Nordic Man super fan. Huge, yeah, huge Nordic Man fan. My, I am loaded out. I'm um, Ed Harris's barber, right? <laughs> and he comes in to the bar, my barber shop, and uh, he's got a reservation. Like, there's already there's a huge line, people sitting in those chairs, those those plastic chairs, uncomfortable. And he goes, "Hey, Johnny," and my character's name's Johnny. He's, "Hey, uh, come on in, man." You know, I pat the chair. And everybody, all the customers are looking at this bald guy coming in, absolutely hairless. And they're like, what the, start murmuring. And I give him him the stare. I give him like the, he's, you know, he's a preferred customer. They're like, the one guy goes, do we have any hair? You know, like they get. (laughs) They're like Norm McDonald there for a second. What is this fucking guy? You know, like they're, and everybody's mad. And I'm, and I just kind of like, they'll, they'll see. And I press his button and down from the ceiling, a huge, gigantic, magnifying glass rests over Ed Harris's bald dome and then I I get in there and look and I see there's just one like or two little follicles and I just get my razor cut it out I cut them off and then I you know and that's it I get them out of there it takes a minute but I do get I do get hair and I, sh- I show it I put it on my fingertip and I show I show it to the to the people I say see it's not like I didn't do anything this is his this is his hair he wants a cut he didn't want any on there right and people start to get scared. They're like, they're like nervous. They're like, whoa, what? This is a strange. And they try to leave. And then I press a button. It locks the door. I go, no, not after what you've seen. And Ed Harris withdraws a gun from his his uh, overcoat and then starts splatting brains, brother. Those fuckers. <laughs> no witnesses. Took a turn, man. No witnesses. <laughs> what do you think? It's rough. It's a rough, rough. <laughs> Tony and Guy got teeth. Look, you got to take a something from the firm and incorporate into your everyday life in the form of a ritual or a mantra or some sort of behavior. Okay. What are you going to do? It's hmm, interesting. What did I take from this movie, huh? All right, to incorporate in my own life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually kind of pull back the, cur- the curtains a little bit and share some truth. Okay. I mean, if you, you know, we've gone out and hung out a lot in the real world, and you notice I always have a map yeah. of Louisiana with me wherever we go. That's <laughs> what Ed Harris demands. Demands a map of Louisiana at one point. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I keep that with me because I've got a little PTSD. I'm a little nervous that I might bump into his character, and I yeah. better damn well have that map on me if I do. And it's been a great, it's been a great thing. Sure. It's one less thing to worry about in life. 
you know, keeps me sane. I was thinking about, um, for mine, I was going to think about cha- saying the way, change the way I say babies to babies, like that one woman does. Like, she's from Australia or something, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, every time I eat ribs, I'm going to try to do it like Cruz does, which is like, don't, don't just scrape them on your teeth, get all the sauce around your mouth, but not get any meat off of them. Just kind of like you do chips. You know what I'm saying? Get all the stuff off them and then toss yeah. them. Get all the sauce off them. Get them on your face. Did they make fun of the shape of the ribs at one point in this movie? Did I miss that? Was I drunk or? Got out. If you make if you made it up, I think they. T- that's an incredible thing to make up. They make fun of the ribs in this, and they don't do that. But I you're think saying there's that a they scene might. where they're kind of maybe it's in the car or whatever, I don't remember what it is, but they're talking mm-hmm. about the shape of the ribs being weird. Oh, that's right. I remember that scene. They she said, "Isn't that, weren't those ribs kind of shaped weird?" And he's like, "God damn, I'm glad you said it." I was thinking it, but I'm, you said it out loud, and I don't know what to say. I didn't want to embarrass anybody, but they had weird-shaped ribs. Yeah, I remember that scene now. Okay. He's talking about the strange ribs. Look. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, what are you talking I about? I thought there was some, some casual banter between them where they're, talk, where they're criticizing the shape of the ribs. Critiquing it. Like, what do they say? What do you remember? remember? Like, what were some? What were some of the points that they? I what are some remember. of the things they pointed out? I'm sad. I, I'm sad. I, th- I mentioned it. Well, ribs were weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to embarrass our host. These Memphis ribs are shaped like a fucking monkey's astronaut dick. It's fucking dumb. I could be wrong. Except he wasn't wrong. Okay. Okay. Band, the secret recipe ribs are a little square, maybe. I don't mind square. I like square. I'm pretty Weird sure. Weird rib alert. Weird rib alert. Remember they said that. <laughs> Did you notice the license plate, by the way, on the Supra? What? When they're driving away? Did you notice the license plate hmm. on it? I wrote that note down. What? No, I didn't. Rib critic. <laughs> I do remember the scene later on when she's hungry and they should... Uh, they said, where do, you, where do you want to go for dinner? He's like, anywhere. And she's like, look, only one requirement. Can I get some normal ribs in this town? <laughs> How about a rib that looks like it's from Earth? That's what I'd like, okay? <laughs> I want I want it to look like, I want it to be ribbed like the condom he used on with Karina Lombard. It's like, no, we raw dog. I don't think they use condom. That's the thing, he there ain't, there's no condiment, but there's nothing in between. He went in. <laughs> there's a scene where they make a trip to the drugstore on the beach, and he gets himself a giant magnum with little pointies on it. And he's like, I'm going to shape it out like Lewis and Clark in your fucking secret spots. Look, you're on an island. You've been there all these many years gathering debris from films, and now it's time to take something from the firm. What are you bringing, man? There's a couple things that we didn't mention. There's like a sail. Did you notice there's a sailboat centerpiece in this when they're eat, they're eating at like a at like a that, banquet, that's an Oasis which I song, thought was right? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a at the airport after he's uh, he's cheating on his wife. He's in an airport and he's at the ticket counter and there's a, there's like a, a Santa statue on the. I did um, not catch that. Like a little Santa statue, and I don't think it's winter time. They do. They they ever allude to Christmas in this? No. It's strange. Anyway, those are some of the things I'm thinking about taking. Do you have anything? So you'll at night, mm-hmm. across over the waves and over the you know the chirping of the nocturnal beasts, mm-hmm. you'll hear me frustrated from time to time, grumbling about, bitching and moaning about something sort of unintelligible from where you're at. But you're you're concerned. Mm-hmm. You're like he must really hate himself, or he must really 
you know, have had a, a bad day, or maybe sure. a lot of just the the stuff that goes on there is getting to him. And lo and behold, thank you. In the in the in the when there's a nice full bright moon, or when the sun starts to creep out in the morning, you notice, oh, it's just him talking to his new dog. I got a piece of shit on the island with me. Four legged, you brought that four legged pestilence trailing me around that island, earning no keep. What? Deserving no love, yeah. shaggy ass bitch, just follow me around. I'm like, but you, but you have such a love for animals. I think you would probably fall in love with that guy, don't you think? No, it's just kind of, kind of a quest each day to find out the worst thing I could feed it. Well, there's a lot of options on your island. <laughs> Good old hearsay, making footprints behind me. Good old hearsay. I don't know what to take, Nick. You know, one thing I'd love to take, and I this is something that. It happens in a lot of movies, and I realized in this movie. And I don't know how I would take it on this island, but I love it when like there's like a stairs or an escalator, and the bad guy has to push his way down. Mm-hmm. It happens so much. Like the bad guy always has to push his way through the crowd. He violently, angrily shoves people as he tries to chase the bad guy, you know, the, or the good guy. The good guy is always just kind of like dodging people, and like I'm sorry, man, excuse me, like uh, you know, I have to get around you, I have to go. But the bad guy just like. Bowling pins, like just pushing, right. you know, hurting people to get to them. So maybe I can just approximate that somehow. Create a staircase or an escalator. But I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create like a bunch of dummies, have like a bunch of mannequins that approximate the people. And then I'm just going to try to do like Tobin does and just every once in a while just plow through those. You know, heck, I'll have one that looks like Christina Lump- or, or Korean Lombard. I'll have one that looks like Cruz. I'll have these 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 likenesses of the characters of this film that I'll every once in a while push through. Right knock off the staircase what do you think i mean it makes sense it makes all the sense yeah. in the world living on michael peterson island i think we killed it 100 percent. i'm glad we did the firm are you into this movie still no. <laughs> that was my last viewing of the firm that's it really Done. i doubt it i'm out of it there's something comforting about it i'm out it's a warm blanket warm brimley sunny caps bendini lambert and Locke. all these classic mainstream i'm out cinema <laughs> Just be honest to I know you all your life It's just another